Hello everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Right, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to this week's Wind Down Wednesday uh, with myself, Vicky, and my handsome business partner, Lee. Um, we are both accountants and we work uh, in the pet industry. Um, we are called the Pet Accountant, funnily enough. Um, and we work with businesses all across the UK, uh, from sole traders, limited companies, and everything in between. Um, if you're new to the group, uh, we do lives every week, uh, most of the time, um, on various different topics to help you understand tax and finance. If you're doing your own tax return, giving you some tips of what to claim, etc. Um, and we also have the Pet Accountant podcast. If you, uh, if, well, last week, if you fancy a nap, um, you can listen to that to send you to sleep. Or if you're looking for anything in particular, please go and have a look because we do stuff on payroll expenses, um, everything in there. So, uh, hello, Pat. Hi, Karen. Hi, Pat. Uh, Hi, Karen. Well, I love your useful sessions. Thank you. Um, right. So today, a bit of an interesting one, um, as it turns out. So every week, I think maybe for the last couple of weeks, the topic of, um, hi, Charlotte, of cars and vans and, and how to claim for them and what to do in your tax return. So that was the plan for tonight and it kind of still is to a certain extent. So Lee, um, because he's a bit of a geek, thought, right, I'm going to go away and I'm going to come up with some examples. Hi, Helen, um, to sort of show you how to claim for a car and a van and the various different elements. Now, Lee texted me and was like, um, I think this might be a bit harder than we thought. And I went, no, no, we just need to like simplify it a little bit and, you know, do this, that and the other. And then he gave me his example, and after about five minutes, even I was lost. <laughs> so uh, we've been a bit like, right, no, we can we can definitely do this. So we were trying to come up with different scenarios of uh, how to, to teach you guys how to claim for your car and your van. And I know vans are probably a bit more popular. and Easier. Out, yeah, easier probably, yeah. Turns out we can't. <laughs> and... The reason for that is that so there's a lot of topics like expenses, what you can and can't claim for, payroll, uh, limited company versus sole trader that we can explain in a way that if you're not an accountant, you'll understand. And all of these topics that we discuss with you guys and help you with, we can sort of explain in a way that helps you who have no idea about accountancy uh, never looked at a tax return before, and we can help and guide you through that process. When it comes to cars and vans, it's literally impossible, as we have found out, to try and teach you how to do it. Now, I know some of you, or you may not, I don't know about sitting there going, oh, they just, you know, don't want to tell us, or, you know, they can't dance. <laughs> oh, it's a trick, or whatever. So to prove what we're trying to say, I said to Lee, keep that example that you've got and explain it exactly the same way. If you understand it, great. But honestly, I feel like we're going to lose a lot of you after about two I minutes. I do as well. Yeah. Um, because 
it's so complex and this it's not just a case of I've bought a van with cash, I've got a car that's on a PCP, I've got a van that's on a PCP, and then just different ways of doing it. it there's so many variables that are linked to it. It's almost impossible. And, and it probably highlights more why you should have an accountant in this scenario than not and puts all those people like, oh, it's easy. Just put the number in a box. And, you know, if you've got a car and it's on finance, just put the monthly payments through and same with the van. And I hope this highlights, well, A, that we're not just trying to get out of trying to teach you it. And and B, maybe if you have got a car and a van and you're unsure, possibly get an accountant um, because it really is quite complex to try and explain. But rather than me just telling you it's complex, I'm going to let Lee go with his one example. Even I'm stressing about it. I've got it written down in front of me. Uh, and obviously for us sometimes we're like, because we do it day in, day out, it's almost like second nature to us. Like when we get a client that's got a van or a car uh, or a trailer or, I don't know, a horse box, we sort of just get on with it. And then actually when we come to break it down to try and explain what we've done, we'll sit there and go, bloody hell, how, how are we actually going to, I don't even know how we're going to explain it. But so Lee's going to go with a simple <laughs> example and we'll, after about five minutes, I'm going to stop him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's going to try his best to explain it in a, in a simplified, as simplified basically as we're going to get, but we're going to try and give you an example. So let's just go with a van bought cash. Right. Uh, hang on. Let's, let me do the car to begin with. Right, we'll do a car and a van. Okay. Because I can show how easy a van is compared to a car. Right. So go. Yeah. There are a couple of assumptions that we need to make when we're buying the car. The first is when you set out in business and you start preparing your own accounts, you the, the first thing that you choose to do is how you are going to prepare them, whether it's going to be on the cash basis or whether it's going to be on the accruals basis. So the cash basis is where you record your income and your expenses as and when you pay for it, regardless of when you receive the invoice. The accruals basis is when you record things in your account, both expenditure and, and income, based on the date of the invoice that you've received or sent, regardless of whether or not you've, you've paid or been paid for those services. Now, the cash expenses are designed for certain businesses of certain sizes. Most sole traders are allowed to, to use that method. But when it comes to cars and pools and annual investment allowances, that is all geared around the accruals basis of maintaining your accounts. Now, again, I don't want to drag home about that because it'll, it, it does become complex, but your accountant, us, generally will record things on the accruals basis um, purely and simply because it allows us to put things into the accounts that you've not yet paid for that will help reduce your tax bills in this year. And then we can use the unused elements of large items that you've purchased, which kind of fall into this same thing with cars and vans. The van definitely does. The car is slightly different, but it means that we can spread the tax relief over multiple years to put you in a better position. 
Now, the reason I mentioned that is because if you're buying a van on the cash basis, you can put the full value of the van through in one go in your accounts when you pay for it. It might not be the most tax efficient thing to do, but that's how you could do it. And if you do that, you can't opt to then but to take that van and use part of it in multiple years. Because if you if you imagine you've got a tax-free threshold, so everything that you earn below £12,570 is tax-free. You don't pay national insurance on it. You don't pay tax on it. If you buy a van, that van might take you below that threshold. And if you don't, if you're not able to utilize part of the cost of the van, it just simply gets swallowed up into that tax-free threshold, and you lose the ability to to use it to offset other taxes in future years. So, if you're on the cash basis, you could potentially lose out, and you can't roll things forward. Which is why we opt for the accruals basis. It gives us more freedom, allows us to be more tax efficient. Which I guess is more important if you're new in business and say it's your first year and your dog walker and you've bought a van. Yes. And it's going to be more important for you guys to get this bit right. Definitely. You've done your first year and say you've only made five grand, maybe you started halfway through the year and then you've bought a 15 grand van. If you put that whole van in, you're wasting all of it. It's it's and gone. It's so so twelve and a half thousand of it is gone because gone. you can't pay tax on it to start with anyway. Exactly. Where you can't carry it forward if that, yeah. So that's where the difference is, and that's where we found from people coming to us that have done that because they just didn't know yeah. and then lost out on all that, you know, put spreading it over however many years, reducing your tax bill over however many years, because they've just thrown it in the first year and, and that's it. You can't yeah. change it. And that's so it. really, really important when you, especially when you're first starting out and you're buying large items like vans and cars and things to get that right because it could potentially save you a lot of money um, over a three, five year period. So, yeah, definitely. Um, the next assumption that we need to make before we look at cars is actually the CO2 emissions of the car because, again, that affects the percentage that you're able to claim. So if it's less than um, 50, uh, 50 uh, miles, it's not miles per gallon, is it? it's, um, it's basically the CO2 emissions. Uh, V5, it'll tell you on your V5. Yes, yes. Um, then it changes once it goes over that. So if, if for argument's sake, you've, you've bought an electric vehicle, an electric vehicle can be treated differently to a car that has a higher CO2 emissions uh, for the vehicle. So in my example, and this is where my, I may lose everybody, in my example, <laughs> I take it on a <laughs> 170 CO2 um, with 80% worth of business based on a £30,000 car. So if I buy the car for 30000 I can include the 30,000 in my accounts. Now, I can't put it as an expense. It has to go in what's called the annual investment allowance section of your tax returns. That section is different to your accounts because it's a tax relief rather than an expense. So it's in a different area on the tax return. And in that area, we're gonna group together similar assets that attract 
the same rate and they're called pools. So you have a special rate pool, which is 6%, and that's what the car will go into because of its CO2 emissions. If you buy a van, it can go into the 18% pool or you can claim it in full. So this is why vans are different. I'm, I'm just going to focus on cars at the moment. So if I buy a car at 30,000, I can claim 6% of that value in the first year that I buy it in my accounts in the special rate pool. But I have to restrict that 6% based on my business usage and my personal usage. So I've said that I use that vehicle for 80% business. So what I can actually claim is six is 80% of the 6% of the 30,000 in year one. That equates to 1440 that I can offset against my tax. Okay. Now, if I buy the car and I had a loan, I can claim the loan interest. Now, I, I, I'm not going to go through today of how we would calculate that loan interest because, again, that's another rabbit hole. Just to highlight not necessarily the monthly payments you put through your accounts. And no. I've seen a lot of people on different groups say, oh, I bought a car and I've got the loan. I just put my lo- loan payments through my accounts. And then everyone goes, yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, definitely. Yeah. Big, big no, no. The, the loan repayments is repaying the finance. It has nothing to do with the purchase of the car. So you've got to be really careful there. So the loan repayments that you're making is to repay the finance that you acquired to buy the vehicle. So you've actually got to put the car in and the loan in into your accounts. But you can claim back 80% of the loan interest on a month-by-month basis because that's the value that you're using your car for work purposes. So you can claim a little bit for the car and a little bit for the interest. So basically on a 30 grand car in year one, you would be able to claim roughly £1,528 against your tax or to offset against your 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 tax bill. Um, now bearing in mind that's that's not £1,528 in tax. That is, you, if you're a lower rate taxpayer, you'll get 20% of that relief to pay 20% less tax. Um, if you, When you move to year two, and this is where it gets really complicated, you have to take the 30,000 that you started with, then you've got to take the 6% off from year one. So that takes you down to 28,200 pounds. Now you've got to work out what 6% of that figure is and then take 80% of that 6% which is what you can claim in year two. And that works out to 1353.60, so 13.54. You're basically taking it off and then that's your starting figure for the following year. The following year, yes. Repeat every year until that value goes down to zero. Down to zero, yes, which can take many, many years. If you sell the vehicle between now and then, that's a whole other ball thing. Same with the van. If you put ten grand, if you buy a van for ten grand, you put that through, and then the next year you decide to sell it and get a car, then there's a there's an issue there yeah. with the van that you've put through, but now sold and got money for. Yeah. But again, it's yeah. So w- when you when you start knocking the value of this car down in in this separate area in your tax return, you have to keep a record of this pool 
of, of, of where this vehicle is sitting because every year you need the new and updated value of it until you come to sell it. So it's it's another paper trail that you, you must keep because there's no other record of it. And, and because of the way that you record it in the tax returns, it's not very clear and you can't backwards compatible or, 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 or try to reconstruct it in reverse, if that makes sense. So the problem is, is that items get pooled together. So you might have multiple vehicles in the same pool or multiple items in the same pool. And every time you add to the pool, the balance of the pool changes and the 6% or the 18% that you claim each year also changes. So it's really complex. And this is why I was just like, oh my God, this is like really, really just like quite complex to even follow. Now, so we worked out there that in year one, you can claim 1528 against your taxes if you buy the car. If you lease the vehicle... Um, um, that you're going to be the answer to your question. Right, okay. <laughs> so if you lease the vehicle, you can put the lease payments through the accounts, but you have to apply a 15% restriction of the lease payment. So that means that you can't put the full lease payment through. It also means that in year one, you might have 12 payments and based on a 30,000 pound car, I did a quick Google, I had a little look um, and I was getting a, a lease payment on a month back of 291 pounds and 98 pence a month for a vehicle that was just over 30,000. With the restriction taken into account, it means that in your accounts, you'll be able to claim £2,382.40 against your taxes. Now, off the bat, it already sounds like, well, lease payment must be the way to go because you can claim more off your taxes, but you don't own the car. So you've paid all those payments out, all those leases, and yes, you've had the, the tax relief, but you've got no vehicle at the end of it. So if you change your car every five years, for argument's sake, as you would do with the lease, when you get to the end of the five years after you've bought it, there's still value in the car that you've bought that you have to take into account. One, when you sell it in your accounts, but also there's money there that you can offset against the thing that you you, you put in there to start with. So because I couldn't do this like over five years and work it down and try to convey that in a 20 minute live, it's really difficult to say which option would work out better for you. And again, every car. It's going to be personal circumstances, whether you're a sole trader, limited company um, as well, which is going to have obviously massive implications. It, it will. Yeah. And so much so, and there's so much variation that depending on the car that you buy, it will also have a different value, a different resale value, which affects whether or not buying a car is more tax efficient or leasing a car is more tax efficient. So you you could buy a car that depreciates so quickly that when you come to sell it in five years, it's lost so much money that it it, it wasn't tax efficient. So it, it really is so, so dependent on personal circumstances. We now, through the questions in this once lease done. So keep yeah, and then we'll go through them at the end. I want to have a look at vans now. So that was how we did the really complex going yeah. out of the car. Very simplified sort of ish. So, <laughs> off the bat, and again, this is general advice rather than very specific. When somebody buys a van, 
it it is usually more tax efficient for us to put the van through in its entirety, claim it all in year one, and therefore you get the tax relief as long as your profits are enough to warrant the full value of the van going through. And if that's the and if that's the case, if you're on the cash basis, you can just put the van as a purchase as you would with any other expense because you're on the cash basis within your accounts. If you are on cash basis, just double check that you still meet the criteria because when you hit a certain threshold of uh, turnover, you have to change to accruals. So if you're on the accruals basis, you have to claim annual investment allowance. Now, not as bad as it sounds, that's the easy bit. It's a box that you fill in on the tax return that says, I want to use X number of pounds from my annual investment allowance because I bought this van. And that reduces your your taxable income and saves you tax on the tax return. If, however, claiming this van in its entirety meant that you're you're going into your tax-free reserves and you wanted to roll some of that van over into future years, you can partially claim annual investment allowance on it. And then you can put the remaining part of it into one of the pools like you could do with the car. The only difference is, is that a van goes into an 18% pool. So you can claim more a year for it than you can on a car. The principle of keeping the reducing balance year on year is exactly the same. And the the principle of restricting the claim for business and personal use is exactly the same. Um, but the only difference is, is that when you get into year two, you're allowed to claim 18% of that balance again in year two uh, of what's left of it, of what you didn't claim from year one. But you can also claim part of annual investment allowance. If the van was 30 grand and you only wanted to use five grand of it, you could put five grand through as annual investment allowance. You could then claim another 18% on write-down allowance if you wanted to, or you could actually elect not to claim the 18% and roll the balance forward into year two. So, really, really complex when it comes to vehicles. And we're saying vehicles, but that is the same for any asset. So any asset that goes on your annual investment allowance can be split into the the allowance itself and the pool. So this is where we come in. And it's not just as simple as knowing and explaining about annual investment allowance and pools. You've got to know about the bookkeeping aspect, the accounting aspect of how you keep track of all these things so that you know what you need to do the following year. And it's um, harder when you're on software to try and record a purchase of a car or a van Yeah, software if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But, you know, we, we never come on here and go, you must get an accountant, you know, for everything. You know, we're not that sort of people. And if you've watched our lives, you'll know that. But in this instance, if you have bought a car in a van and you're really not sure, then my advice would be, and you don't have to come to us, that's absolutely fine, but my advice would be to get help with an accountant because it could save you hundreds, if not thousands of pounds in some instances. So if you're not sure, please, please get help because I've seen this question so many times in all of the other pet groups and all of the responses, nine times out of ten, are incorrect. And they're telling the person to put the loan payments through, or you know, yeah, just put this in, put that in. Yeah, if you've bought a thirty grand car, just put thirty grand in. And you know, HMRC are getting more strict. And if they catch you out, and they start then looking into every other little thing that you've put through, you know, it's not going to be a comfortable time. So, you know, hopefully 
what Lee's explained to a certain extent is is hopefully helped. Not just scratching the surface. Well, I know, or at least highlighted the fact that actually, you know, it isn't as easy as putting figures in a box. You know, you can. I've bought a 30 grand car. I'll just put 30 grand in that box. Oh, that was easy. God, that is easy. But what you've done is incorrect. And unless someone highlights it, you're never going to know. The same as I might go and groom a poodle, although I'm terrified of poodles, so that would never happen. But if I decided to groom a poodle and just went like that, I thought, that looks fine. Unless someone tells me that actually what you've done is horrific, I would just think that was easy. So there's certain elements when it comes to your tax return, things like that, that we can help you with. And then there's certain elements like the cars and vans that's just near on impossible. Uh, And, you know, what leads just vaguely went over there is not even half of what we actually have to do behind the scenes. And clients on here will know, it's like, have you got your loan agreement, your purchase invoice, you know, what's your CO2 emissions? Can you tell us this? Or oh, you've bought that car and you sold that van and you've bought that trailer. You know, it gets very, very complex and we do a lot behind the scenes that, you know, then it just magically appears in your tax return. It's like, oh, that was easy. Um, so... Yeah, it, it, we did have all intentions of coming on here and going, yeah, this is how you need to do it. But turns out it's it, it's one of those topics that's just too difficult to try and explain. Um, and I hope we sort of highlighted that. Um, but also, if it, you know, if you especially when you, you're new in business and you're buying these, or even your second, third year, and you're buying like 30 grand vans, you want to make sure that you're making the most out of it. And I've seen so many people I had... One lady, I use this example all the time, who had a £14,000 tax bill. And then she spoke to me, I think it was Greenfest or one of the the things. And I said, look, let me redo it because it doesn't sound correct. She gave me all of her stuff. And I think her tax bill went from fourteen grand to like £385. And that was purely on the basis that she hadn't put all her stuff through properly. And she had paid the fourteen grand. So she got like 13 and a half grand back because, and that was purely based on the fact she put our expenses through properly. I mean, that is an extreme example and that doesn't always happen. Um, but it just highlights the fact that, you know, she thought she'd done everything right. And it just so happens that she walked past me and thought, well, actually, do you know what? I'm going to mention it. And we saved her 13 and a half grand. So, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. So, Right, let's have a look. Um, da, ba, 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 ba. um <laughs> Sarah, bless her. Lovely seeing you both. This doesn't really apply to me as I have an amazing accountant that sorted it for me last year. You guys are fab. Look forward to your, la- your next live. You did me proud with my transport. <laughs> Sarah. Uh, right, Charlotte. I started up in September 2020. I bought a van and had this concern, so haven't had it through the books, is it too late to still put it in? Oh, good question. And um, the basis bought of Ireland does not put it through the books yet. Does not put it through the books. My question would be how are you claiming the running costs of the van? Because if you're claiming 45 pence a mile, then yes, it's too late to put the van through. If you are claiming actual expenses of, of the running cost of the van, and again, we didn't even cover this with this part of the the the, the bits that we've we've covered tonight with actually purchasing it, because it it changes 
how you can claim for fuel and, and other bits and pieces. Um, if you're claiming actual expenses, there may be a way that we can introduce it into the accounts, um, but it would have to go as 18% a year. You wouldn't be able to now put the full value of the, the van through. Um, so it, we would have to go into the the eighteen percent pool, and we claim it over multiple years. I hope that's helped. Uh, let us know, Charlotte, if that has helped answer your question. Uh, Katie, I know e- uh, Tegan's emailed you today uh, regarding yours, um, so that one's sorted. Uh, Amanda. Um, I'm currently renovating my garage at the bottom of the garden and the plan is to use this as a main room for my doggy daycare business. Um, There's even a doggy shower. I am yet to get the license for the business, but I do have a registered limited business. Can any of the renovation costs be put through and go towards my tax-free allowance? Um, There's a couple of things that you mentioned there, Amanda, that jumps out to me to start with. First of all, you mentioned limited company. Um, there's always a bit of a conflict when it's a limited company working from home because the things that you can put through are are really, really restricted. Um, If you were a sole trader, then it also still becomes difficult because the renovation costs are not allowable. Basically, the what I tell people is building and structures for sole traders where it's not a commercial premises is not allowable. So that's sheds. Um, garden offices, you just can't put them through. They're not an allowable structure. So you, you've got to pay for those out of your own pocket. What I tell people is that they can claim for everything after the plasterboard. So any fixtures and fittings, any air conditioning units, basically anything that you can hook to a wall or unclip off a wall, you can claim for. But anything behind and in the plasterboard that becomes part of the fabric of the building generally is not an allowable business expense. That goes the same as well for limited companies, but the problem is is that it's at your home. My question would be, the garage, are you going to be renting that to your limited company so that you charge it rent at a commercial going rate? And will you be paying business rates with the council for using the garage as, as a dog daycare business? Because again, these all impact my answer. Um, and if you haven't already had a chat to an accountant about whether a limited company is right for you, I would certainly recommend having that call before you start trading because you have an opportunity to not use the limited company if you haven't already started trading. The what we, what we're advising clients at the moment, and it's different who you speak to because some people will say to you, "Go limited; it is the best thing since sliced bread." <laughs> if you want personal protection, then a limited company can be beneficial, but you will pay more taxes certainly when your profits are in the lower regions. There's no magic number that makes a, a limited company more advantageous than a sole trader, but there are tax efficiencies as a sole trader working from home that we can claim more of than operating as a limited company. A little bit of a long answer, but it it's there's too much in your question to be able to say yay or nay one way or other. Yes. Basically get some advice um before sort of doing it, Amanda. Um from Dawn, mind is blown with a laughing emoji. 
Um, I've just got to start a business loan, which had to be paid into my personal account. This is monthly payment for the next five years. I have purchased a van and had cages fitted. The van's just used for purely for business. Is this monthly payment an allowable expense? And because it comes out of my personal account, what expense option do I put it down free agent? I think we've sort of answered that, but... Yeah, so... Get a loan payment. The loan is a loan and nothing to do with the van. So you have to record the loan in your accounts to begin with. Now, if you're in free agent, uh, the easiest way that I would do this is I would create a new account, a new bank account. I would call that bank account loan and I would create the transaction in there that shows you transferring the money into it. Then the money will pay for the van invoice, which removes the money from it. Um, and then you can repay that loan account um, over a period of time. And as you start doing transfers from your business account back to the loan, the the, the negative balance that will be in that bank account will start to come up slightly. And that will, will show each year. Now, the loan repayments are not an expense. Um, they sit on the balance sheet, which a lot of people don't tend to use um, certainly sole traders. Um, us as accountants, we use them all the time. And if you are a client of ours, you get a profit and loss and the balance sheet's part of your accounts. Uh, and what the balance sheet is, what the business is owed, who it owes and how it is funded. And that loan sits on that balance sheet, slowly um, you know, raising in value back up to where it gets to zero because at the moment it's sat as a, as a negative. What is allowable out of that business loan is the interest payments. So you need to be able to separate the interest out from the loan and the interest can go in the accounts as an allowable expense. So the purchase of the van is an allowable expense. The loan interest is an allowable expense, but the loan repayment is a transfer back to the loan account to repay off the money that you've had. Fabulous. <laughs> um, a couple of sort of comments I've answered. Hey, Charlotte, put where do I sign up with a little crying emoji? Um, Charlotte, I've dropped you our email address um, if you do want to give us a shout. Um, mobile groomer, yeah. Right. Uh, someone did mention about an electric vehicle. There or another kettle of fish, <laughs> which, again, probably too complex to maybe go into detail with, but maybe more beneficial as a limit company getting an electric vehicle? Uh, no, the sole traders enjoy the same the same allowance with an electric vehicle. Um, yeah, electric vehicles next year. So it has to be 100% electric because the emissions of it is zero CO2 um, and therefore you can claim it in full in its entirety in year one as, as a first year allowance on the annual investment allowance section of the tax return. But remember, you must restrict your claim for personal and business usage. It does have to be a new car as well, doesn't it? It does. Yes, it does. First year allowance must be brand new. So you can't get a secondhand Tesla. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Which, yeah, it's kind of, you think, oh, yay. Then you're like, oh, <laughs> like, you have to buy a hundred grand electric car to make it worth it. <laughs> um. 
Right. Uh, right. Shaw's Paws Pet Services. Hello. I'm yet to file my 22-23 return. Way behind, I know. Don't worry, Lucy. We've still got 250 outstanding. So not really. <laughs> uh, it is my first year of trading as a sole trader, dog walker, groomer. and wondered if I could claim for equipment such as car crates, grooming equipment, etc., that I purchased before trading. Yes. So in a nutshell, um, you can actually go back as far as seven years and anything that you've bought with the intention of using in your business, and it must still be in use now at the point of starting trading. So you couldn't have bought it, got rid of it, broke it, whatever that's gone. You must still have it. Um, You can include that on your first tax return as startup costs, and you can include all those things. Now, this is where things become really important in terms of using the cash accounting or the accruals accounting. So if you didn't catch the beginning of this live, I suggest you rewatch it because in your circumstances, it could well be more beneficial if you've got lots of startup costs to be able to hold back, putting some of those through. It has to be done in the right way. You can't just not put them through. They have to go in the accounts, but there's a mechanism that you can use on the annual investment allowance side that allows you to roll some of that forward into future years. And it may be more beneficial for you to do that so that you enjoy tax relief this year and into next year as well. It works the same for equipment as it does with cars, vans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that answers your question, Lucy. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those where yeah, good intentions to try and teach you guys how to do it, but uh, you know, lead tends to send people to sleep on a good yeah. day. And I felt like this was probably too far in the wrong direction. Uh, I mean, we did we did start with about thirty people listening. We've gone down to fifteen. So that yeah, it's one of those topics where people are like, yeah, I'm going to listen. Yeah, okay, I'm bored. Yeah, I'm away. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we have really exciting topics and some are just, you know, we try. We try and make it as uh, exciting as possible. Um, but, you know, we can only do so much. Uh, I just find the numbers are dropping every time you talk. I'm watching them. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happens is the numbers increase when I talk because I'm more interesting and you're just an encyclopedia for boring stuff that no one wants to know about. <laughs> uh, we we complement each other very well, you see. And Natalia's listening, you see. We're all good. Um, but no, we generally hope, uh, all jokes aside, that that has helped. And, you know, the only bit of really important advice we can give you on this topic is get help. Because um, like I said, I, unless you know and you've got some sort of background, I wouldn't try and attempt it yourself. You might cost yourself hundreds, if not thousands of pounds, when actually you could pay an accountant a couple of hundred quid to sort it for you. Um, you know, even if you thought, right, I want to get an accountant to sort this van out and then I'll do it myself in a couple of years time, that's absolutely fine. Um, you're best getting it done right to start with. Whereas we get a lot of people who've come to us who have kind of done it wrong for like the past three years and some things we can rectify and some things we can't. Um, Charlotte, if I went limited, can I purchase the van for my for myself or purchase the van from myself. That's another kettle of fish. Charlotte, just no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> it, it, 
there is mechanisms and ways to do it, but again, it has to be done correctly so that you're not seen to be avoiding tax or um, and that the assets are transferred correctly. But if you put a vehicle into the into a limited company's name and it becomes a limited company vehicle, um, then oh, uh, this one's Finn. Then yeah. there's a long boast of um, a personal taxation that you'd have to pay to have the van. Um, as a sole trader, you don't have to worry about the attack, the additional tax. Whereas a limited company that provides a vehicle, um, there is potentially additional taxes to pay national, uh, class one national insurance contributions, uh, as well as personal tax on the value of the van. Um, and the problem that you've got is if you are working from home, you only have to have access to the vehicle. You don't actually have to use it. But as a director, if you've got access to a vehicle, you are subject to the benefit and kind t- tax charge. Um, normally, sometimes go limited is not is that beneficial. And I also company cars through a limit company again, not really that beneficial. Maybe if you're, if it's an electric, slightly different. But um, again, there's so many factors to oh, using the mouse. Uh, are you going to introduce your friend or uh, this one's Finn? Oh, super. How old are they now? Uh, eight months. Oh, is it massive? They're bigger than your head. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's not a small boy, is he? No. I mean, compared to Frank, you'd have him as a chew toy. <laughs> so this is um, Lee's piece. And I got FOMO, and that's why I got Mabel, because I thought it was unfair that he got two puppies and I didn't have one. <laughs> or he is the reason why I now have Mabel. Um, but yes, they are very cute. And slightly ginormous. <laughs> I don't want to speak them in here. Oscar's under the desk. Oh, yeah, he's got three. Um, Oscar's the big old grumpy one. Oh, Charlotte's got four boxes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he's only one off you, Charlotte, so there you go. I couldn't come with four. That's you're a brave woman. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like if you've got three, what's an extra one? <laughs> My problem is one of them is deaf, so it doesn't matter what I shout. He doesn't listen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so cute. Right, so we digress slightly. Right. <laughs> so, uh, oh, gosh, you did have seven. Jesus. Seven, Charlotte. Um, but then I feel like, oh, yeah, poodles. If anyone knows me, when they come and see me at Crufts. <laughs> just, one of the funniest things I've seen at Crufts is you hiding behind one of the pull-up banners because there's a poodle. So. Well, I've got a client, and I'm pretty sure she's not on here, but she has a giant poodle, and she brings it to see me every year just to wind me up. Uh, and, well, they'd creep me out. I don't know what it is. They just creep me out. Um, yeah, we've no, we can't have another dog, Tegan. Three's enough. <laughs> um, three is definitely enough. Or two was fine. I thought, what's the third one? The third one makes a very big difference. Um, right, so... If you've got a carnivore, get help, basically, in a nutshell. Professional help. You need professional help. If you haven't, if you're a client of ours and you haven't sent your paperwork, please, 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 please send it soon. We are off for two weeks over December, then we only have 31 days in January, which if you leave it till the end of January, not good. Uh, That's not because we're not efficient. 
But it's you know if if you have six hundred clients and they all leave it until the twentieth of January, it's a physical impossibility for us to get it done unless we had a hundred staff. So please, 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 we don't want to have to rush them. We're not saying get it in early to be tight and to be annoying. We don't want to have to rush them. We want to give them the time that it needs, and we can't if you hand them in on the twentieth of January. Some accountants actually charge you a penalty for for leaving the, the, the tax returns so late. Like we we set a deadline this year of of Halloween to get all the the paperwork into us. Um, I now know why people charge a penalty because a lot of the clients still haven't got us that paperwork yet. And you know, whilst we have got lots still to do. We know that there's going to be a hell of a lot to do come January, but the, the the my point that I was making was that most accountants will say that if if you've not got that paperwork in um, on on a, on a sliding scale, the closer we get to January, they actually increase their self assessment fees by up to two hundred percent the closer you are to that thirty first of the January deadline. Um, so if you are with another accountancy firm and you haven't got that tax return in yet, I suggest make some inquiries just to see if there is a, a sliding scale penalty that they apply. We don't have one. It's not something that we've thought about introducing. Um, <laughs> although if it makes people get it into us in time by Halloween next year. <laughs> we might. And do you know what? It's because, you know, we obviously, we don't want to get things in late for people. So yeah. when we get so many in so late, it means we have to work until like nine, 10 o'clock at night, every night. We have to work weekends to try and get your paperwork in on time. Yeah. As, and as awful as it sounds, we don't want to be working weekends and night times because people are unorganized, you know? So that probably does sound a bit bitchy. Um, but it is what it is. You know, we don't what we don't want to be spending every day for thirty-one days staring at um Excel spreadsheets and things. So, and also, it 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 you need to be able to plan. What if you get a ten grand tax bill on the twentieth of January and you've got eleven days to pay it? You know, it's not just for our benefit. We're trying to, especially with our clients, get you in a habit of getting it in early, so that if you do have a tax bill, you've got nine months then to plan to pay for it. Yeah. You know, just because you submit it in April doesn't mean you have to pay it in April. So you know, just yeah, try and get it done as soon as possible. Um, Charlotte, I put everything into an Excel. How do you take paperwork? And we take it in any format. <laughs> Charlotte, paper. <laughs> um, carrier pigeon, um, but generally uh, spreadsheet or accounting packs or software um, are the three main ones. Um, anything outside of those things and we'd have to would have to do on a case by case basis. But generally spreadsheet, paperwork, accounting pack or software. Um, but yeah, so get it in, get it done. Deadlines are 31st January. There'll be no extensions, I don't think, this year. Um, you will get fined if it's late. Um, so just get it done. Any questions, give us a shout. Uh, we will be here next week. Whether We probably won't do a live every week in December just because it's going to be very busy. And likewise, probably in January, we'll do probably one every two weeks um, because it is going to be really busy. If there is any topic that we can help you with that you're stuck, then please just put it on the group 
drop we, we, we do like 30 second snapshots of me getting grayer and grayer and bolder as the months goes on without stress <laughs> <laughs> everyone we should just do like it we'll do a weekly shot of uh, Lee's head and see how much hair he's lost and see where he's at in February um, so, yes any questions we can help with let us know you know, check out the website. We do put things on there to help you if you're a new business. A new business essentials, of course, is there and discusses everything that we talk about on here in a lot more depth and gives you some things to download um, that'll help you. And it's all in video format, so you're not reading loads of text. So again, if you're a new business, check that out. Get the accounting packs. Look at the utilities calculator. Again, that was we did the Black Friday sale on that. If you're a boarder, especially in a groomer, and you're working from home a lot that will save you money look at all the comments from people that bought it it saved them hundreds and hundreds of pounds on their tax bills uh, and it's better than just using hmrc's random tools that they give you because it doesn't help especially for your groomer or a border so it is applicable to everyone but more so those professions because it'll save you more money um so have a look at those um right we're gonna go just um, one just one before we go natalia um She's just put, can I just ask, I had a call from HMRC Gateway, uh, a third party of HMRC. Apparently they're saying I had a refund on my tax They knew my email address and postal address and they, I wasn't sure if it was right or legit. Um, HMRC doesn't call you to tell you that they owe you money. So absolutely not. And what you'll tend to find is that companies will have some of this data from other sources and they will then try to talk to you and you will accidentally release more information to them. Um, it's don't do anything over the telephone. If you need a tax rebate, you can do it yourself through the government gateway, log in, you can request a refund. Um, so don't do anything on the telephone. Oh, for email. Yeah, don't yeah. do well either. They'll say, oh, I need your bank details to give you the... Um the refund and then you'll just start so no hmrc like lisa will never ring you so especially when it's to give you money back yeah <laughs> um so yeah. again unsure with any hmrc text letters um all sorts even from banks and things just don't say anything tell them you'll call them back and just check first before you give out your personal information um yes hope we've enjoyed it um, as always, this will be available on the group. Um, and if you listen to the podcast, uh, make sure you subscribe uh, and let everyone know. And like I said, look through the earlier podcasts because we talk about various different topics every week. So there'll be something there that might help you and save you some pennies. Um, and yes, uh, thank you for listening. And we will catch up with you next week with hopefully a better topic than cars and fans, something that we can actually talk about. Um, but yeah, hope we found it helpful. Have a good week. Um, and we will catch you all uh, next Wednesday, where we're probably going to be live in the afternoon next Wednesday. Um, we will catch you all then. Have a good week. Take care and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.